bikinis, bodies, and purity culture. Oh boy, this one's going to be fun. Say that three times fast. All right, guys, welcome to another Out of Control podcast with me, Matthew. And And me, Molly. My wife. And we are going to continue to have conversations about parenting, relationships, personal development. Sexuality, uh, spirituality. Spirituality, and how that all relates to this sort of need that we have to control life. And uh, trying on the idea of living a little out of the control. In an out of control world. So... Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. Let's go ahead and kick it off for today. <laughs> All right. Um, Guys, if you could see Matt, he doesn't he doesn't get nervous, like hardly ever. But he has a little bit of nervous energy going on. Do I? Yeah, I can just see it in your face. Because you don't... Well, this we, is the pleaser in you. Yeah. Is you don't mm. want to hurt people's feelings. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you have to go listen to our last podcast. Um, <laughs> about positive and... Positive, positive intelligence. intelligence yeah so um i am nervous because a lot of my perspectives um may be contrary to others it's hard to have this topic with talk about this topic without um we're not attacking about, anyone no and and so i do know that i have family that listens to this podcast i also know we have people that listen to this podcast that do not know who the heck we are and um and may interpret some of the ways that i see things um, offensively, and I think that maybe kind of makes me worry. Here's something I've learned if you get offended, because we've all been offended, sure. right? Someone's said something that felt offensive and hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, are we always good at this? No, I'm not. But if you pause and can reflect, self reflect, and ask, hey, well, why did I take offense to that? Like, yeah. what did that person say that activated something in me to have this quick like desire to be become defensive. Yeah. Because yeah. I think when you're offended, you're you're quick to defend. Yeah. Yeah. If your natural response when somebody says something is defensiveness, there's probably something, something to look something at. Something to look at inside of yourself. So we just we just want to offer that little preface to yeah. this podcast is that it is a hot topic. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, come across as offensive to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have very strong opinions about this because I have done a lot of um, self-reflection and growth and personal work that has been very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Hard as in it it caused me to do like confront a lot and to own a lot of stuff and yeah. to um, just step outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really admired like the both the journey that you've been going on and yeah. and the effort and energy that that journey has taken. Um, There's no blame. Like when I talk about what we're going to talk about, I'm not, I don't, there's no blame to anyone. Right. It, it's just, um, right, it's just happenstance. It's things you go through in your life and you collect stories and you put on different glasses and see through different lenses and um, create different versions of how you show up. And mm-hmm. so... I'm, I've been doing work to try to own my part and to shed different layers of, of beliefs I've had yeah. to be, to become more whole and grounded and centered and, and who I am. Yeah. And that, and that has nothing to do with anyone else but me. Yeah. But we wanted to talk about it. We thought it'd be a good conversation because there might be other people who are also either on this journey themselves and, or trying to understand people who maybe don't agree with them. Yeah. Um, and, and hear a, a, maybe a healthy conversation about these topics. And I'm, and, and this is, I think what's nervous, is, nerve, nerve, a little bit nerve wracking. I'm trying to control here <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> the theme here. I, I think that I actually see, um, both, both models very, very clearly. I think I see the model that we, really kind of adopt appreciate and if it's just me and you talking you know it's like i can i I think there's a side that yeah totally totally get it and i also have been in and recognize the other models of this topic and how they see it and i can appreciate it i can it's it's a deep we this may end up being two episodes i don't know if we're gonna get it all and and the pleaser in you comes out very strong in this topic yeah 
It does. It does. So, so where this topic came from is that we this year have multiple vacations, multiple family vacations. Yeah. And multiple beach vacations. Yes. Which I'm so excited about. <laughs> yes. We love, love the beach. We already had one and, um, it was glorious. Yeah. And so, uh, we both, uh, grew up in a very, um, well, a, our upbringings were quite different. That's true. Yeah. But, but, but grew up in a religious cis culture that was Orthodox and traditional conservative. and conservative. Yep. Um, and, and to kind of put a little cap on that, it would be strongly encouraged to wear a one piece swimsuit for women. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, obviously appropriately. So I would wear a speedo when I was on the swim team, but beyond mm, that, I men, those years men should, um, remain clothed and appropriately clothed in environments. Right. So, Mod so, so modesty, modesty will be a big, a big word. Yeah. was a word that was, was very prevalent used, yeah. and used. Right. And so, um, now how that showed up in each of our childhood, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't until after we got married that right. I kind of adopted more of that modesty, purity culture, just because of the religion we practiced and, and some all commitments that. that we made. It but I, I will yeah. say, I, um, I never felt that as a child, mm -hmm. teenager, preteen, all that. I felt like I, I had the freedom to dress how I wanted and mm -hmm. to express myself through clothing. Mm -hmm. um, I never took that to an extreme, right? right either way. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's because my mom um, did a really good job at allowing that. I don't know how my siblings feel. This is just my perspective, my, my point of view. But oh, I remember I like buying prom dress and homecoming dresses and all that. And mm -hmm. I had the freedom to choose whatever dress I wanted and what I felt good in, mm -hmm. which, um, I think felt really good Yeah. at a time when you're trying to figure out who you are and you struggle with body image and all that. Um, I, I think that was a, a great thing my mom and dad did. Yeah. I don't know if they intentionally did that or if that's ever crossed their minds, but, uh, I felt like it had a big impact on me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the conversation today started with this question of when you are maybe in a place with your modesty or what you feel like is comfortable in your modesty. And that is divergent from other people that you care about and their perspective of what modesty is. How do you handle that? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we do that, we're going to hit Fun facts with Matthew and Molly. Woohoo! All right. So, uh, fun fact I have my fun fact. All right. Go for it. My necklace should be shipping soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. She was waiting on a component to get fixed. Okay. And then she said she's going to, it's from this company. It's a one woman show. She's a young mom. Her company's called Sun Drenched, S U N D R E N. C H D. So it's missing the E at the Yeah. Um uh, her jewelry is really fun. And really cool. I had my eye on this necklace. It was mm -hmm. kind of pricey for mm -hmm. me. Reasonable, yeah. It re it's not like a thousand dollars, but yeah. it's not a necklace that I would just go by myself. Sure. And so Matt bought it for me and it didn't come in time for Mother's Day. And so um this this gal's daughter was sick and yeah. then this Things malfunction or whatever. On. So um yeah, I'm not it. mad at all. She Responded. Well, she's still actually going to respond. I think she said five weeks from order date. Three like to five. Three to weeks, five. Yeah. It's going to be but, five. And she responded to my email when I asked yeah. and yeah. super nice. Yeah. And this will be my first piece of jewelry, but I feel like it's going to be like my new Garmin watch and my Costco sofa. It's going to be one of those things where I'm like, every day I'm like, oh my gosh, I just love it so much. <laughs> so when Molly, Molly is not sentimental about things, this is a continuation of the fun fact. I am actually quite sentimental. Dude, um, if I don't want it, I'm chucking that puppy I, out. I don't like throwing things away that are sentimental to me. Um, uh, and so, whereas Molly is not like that. So when she finds something she loves and she talks about a lot, then that's pretty dang awesome. So I'm not sentimental as in, um, I do have like a keepsake box for my kids' stuff and, and whatnot. And um, if we lost all our things in a house fire, it would be devastating, mm -hmm. right? Because there are certain things you can't, I think it's the things mm -hmm. that you can't replace. Right. 
because every possession you have can hold a story, mm-hmm. but I don't need to keep every single thing, right? Right. But there are things in my life that I just love. I'm a less is more girl, mm-hmm. not a minimalistic person by not any for means. How often Amazon shows up. I I like <laughs> I'm like a wannabe minimalist person. Like, well, I think the traveling on the road showed us how little we really did need. But I still and like, and it's kind of nice I still like my choice of sneakers and yeah. fanny packs. <laughs> but every once in a while. There will just be something that we get that I just, I just have a lot of gratitude for because yeah. it's just serving my life spectacularly. And, and I do love how grateful you are for the, it does make it feel easier. I mean, how spend money every day things. I say, yeah. I love my watch yeah. and every day I sit on that sofa. What yeah. do I say? Yeah. Well, the sofa was great because we barely spent like 200 bucks to get that sofa because we sold a bunch of other stuff. Um, so your watch on the other hand. But I'm very excited about this necklace and I feel like it's, it's going to be another one of those things where. Yeah. I just tell you every day, oh, uh, honey, I love it so much. It's good. It's very pretty. It is very, and I like her style of stuff. So I'm excited for you to finally get it. That was a long fun fact, but there you go. There it is. Fun facts with Molly and sponsored, not sponsored by Sundance. Oh, if I could ever so, work with her. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm. I'll have to talk to her. Uh, all right. So uh, back to the What's top. your fun oh, fact? My fun fact is I'm sentimental. Oh, you are. Yeah. Man, he would have a lot more stuff if it wasn't for me. No, you well, would. Yeah, I would. I would. I'm slow to throw things away, but like I love. I have like my grandpa, my poppy is his name. Well, no, I have like, his briefcase. Certain... I okay, love that. That's I love fine, that but some of the things you keep, I'm like, why? <laughs> Just why? Like anything from Melissa that you've kept. Yeah. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Melissa was my first wife. If I would never ask you to get rid of anything mm-hmm. of hers that you've kept that yeah. you she, feel. She sentimental. passed away. Just so people understand. That. Oh yeah, he's not double married. Yeah. Um. And living two lives. Now that would be a fun fact. Yeah. Or divorced where I don't or divor- yeah, yeah. want her stuff. But yeah. It's, um, it's, so that makes sense. The briefcase from your grandpa makes sense. Yeah. Some Tony it, Romo. Um, you know, tell. That's fine. That makes sense. But there are some things I just look and I'm like, you want that to take up space in our house, really? I know. I know. But you've gone better. So, you know. I do. One day. But I, I, I did tell him if he dies, I'm only keeping a couple things of his. <laughs> She's not sentimental, guys. <laughs> she she barely barely cares. I care about the person, <laughs> and I think I lost my wedding ring five years into our marriage, mm-hmm. and I think that really showed me that a thing is really a thing. Okay, I should keep that as a fun fact next time, or should I tell it now? Fun fact. No, no, you should keep that's a fun fact. Okay, fun fact is my about my wedding ring. Yeah, get coming our, soon. Yeah, on. put that note in your phone right there. Okay, I'll do that. You're gonna forget. Okay. All right, so on to the topic at hand which is the topic of modesty, bikinis, bodies, bodies and purity culture. purity culture. So why did we start talking about this? Because we've had a lot of discussions this year yeah, just last, about that. Well, really even three years, but especially this year. No, but I feel like, but we've had really healthy, like, yeah. I feel like we've uncovered a lot and, and why I feel so strongly about certain things mm-hmm. and, and why you kind of pushed back a little bit. I feel like we've discovered some things about each other. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm gonna let you lead this conversation because this is yours. Okay, well I want you to, I want you just I want you to start off how we got on the topic. And I wanna be sensitive because the vacations we're going on this year to the beach and to the lake mm-hmm. are with your family. Okay. And I don't want anything I say I would I hope it doesn't come across as rude. Yeah. Or that I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. Because I love your family and they, and I wouldn't go on three vacations with them if they weren't. Yeah, to be we around. have a great relationship <laughs> with our family and they have a slightly different perspective in some areas yeah. uh, as we have. And so we also don't want to throw anybody specifically under the bus or make them feel like, you know, anyways, but, but there's, this is a challenging thing because I think that we're not the only people in this world who have grown up with conservative values. And although I still relate to a lot of things mm-hmm. in a conservative nature, there are things that I don't so much anymore. And so yeah. when you shift your value system, but the people around you have the same values that yeah. they've always had, then you're kind of putting them in a spot where, where well, it's kind of shocking. I it's think shocking potentially it's challenging. It, yeah. it can create, um, unnecessary, you know, friction. Um, and, and in some ways it probably has in certain yeah. people. In our well, and I life, think so. I have to remind myself that through our journey over the last few years, 
it's been a few years. We've had a lot of time to process, digest, dive deep, confront, Mm -hmm. and do that hard work. And maybe on the things that we've done that work on, the people around us hasn't. And so we look like we've shifted our beliefs in a very extreme way overnight Mm -hmm. when it hasn't been overnight. Yeah, that's true. And, and for us, it doesn't feel very extreme. Like no. It still feels very well. It's very thought out, very much considered. But it, all it, of it might factors. come across as that. And, and I'd like to say them. that my views on this have shifted more so um, more concentrated over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But, but as a whole, it has slowly, gradually um, shifted. Okay, and so the shift is this question of on, on modesty. What's modesty. A, what's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Um, especially when it comes to like the beach, the swimming pool, the lake. Yeah, and are we as women responsible to dress in a certain way to make others, especially men, comfortable? Yeah. So this, I'll start with maybe my part. And, and what's come up for me in a journey that I went on in trying to understand my sexuality and the desires that men have um, and the attractions that naturally show up. And um, I'm not going to probably get into the depths of it right here, but um, I definitely grew up with a lot of shame around my sexuality. Um, I remember having a conversation with a therapist and when he said, when you think of sex, what do you think of? And for me, it was all pain. Um, I was never abused, but because of the way that sexuality was framed for me, I felt that I was that that my strong desires for sexuality in my life was a bad thing. And then to go through two experiences of marriage one where my wife was ill and sick and therefore from day one where she had cancer from the day we got married and so her energetic abilities to engage in those things were limited Uh, and then to be married to you and some of the early challenges that your frameworks of sexuality experienced put me in a place where there was a lot of rejection, both of myself and from others. And, and so that was a journey I had to go on to try to understand my sexuality. And then, and then with a framework was that even my, even sexual thoughts were wrong. So when you take all those things that kind of show up in a traditional natured element, it's very, very hard for young men and and even older men to be comfortable with their sexuality. And a lot of times what I think happens is they kind of put it on the shelf or maybe they, for whatever reason, are in a relationship where it's just not a challenge. It's maybe they're just kind of equally matched in the views and perspectives. And so that kind of works. Um, but I know um, I know many, 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 thousands and thousands of men who are sitting in their relationship with their own sexuality in a very negative form. And, um, and every time that they notice a woman's attractiveness they are self-shaming and so my my journey was one that led me to a place of recognizing that my sexuality and the sexual energy that i would feel around attractive women beyond my wife was actually a positive thing and i'm just gonna pause real quick and uh we're both heterosexual yes people and so we're gonna refer to matt's attracted to women and i'm attracted to men that's not negating anybody else's preference it's just how we relate and so that's how we're the podcast is going to come across sure yeah great okay so so what what um what i grew into was an understanding that i owned my sexual energy that was that my sexual energy was mine and it was um though it was very normal and natural. This is how I would frame things for my children is that it is very normal and natural for you to be attracted to, I just say it, frankly, boobs and butts. Like that's the, the anthropological man was, it was critical for him to survive, to recognize the healthiest of women. And so a 
curvier, that could bear his children. Yeah, that could bear his children and would have the strength to live through that experience, right? So a a more curvier woman would naturally create the likelihood of bearing children, right? And so I think that there's a little bit of the anthropological man mind that has a natural attraction to those things, right? Um, now every guy's got preferences. Some, some guys got like bigger booties. Some guys like littler booties. Some guys like skinny girls. Some guys like bigger girls. Like this. And then the, we have a friend Kent who likes guys. And, and some people like, yeah, the, <laughs> the, like men, some men like men. So, so, um, I'm not trying to put anybody in any box here. Right. We're, we can only reference what we know and what we've experienced. But, but there is a sort of, uh, a sort of strong majority of men who by nature are attracted yeah. to these things, right? And so what what became powerful in my journey to understanding these things was rather than shaming all of this stuff and making it that I just can't control my thoughts if I see a woman in my tractor, was to honor that I am acknowledging beauty. And just like when you see a beautiful sunset, you don't look away, right? You don't, you don't or you don't, you don't feel bad for that. Like some attractiveness in this world is right. And, and frankly, if I saw a dude that was all, ripped and and running around in a swimsuit i'd be like dang right i'm not attracted to him in a You're sexual like, form i wish i looked like but that. i'd be like dang <laughs> I, I respect dude like that's that's an attractive physique right i get that and so so when i started just processing it why, why i'm okay with myself looking at him you know recognizing and, and even looking at a guy for five seconds as he runs down the beach going dang man i wish i looked like that right like why am i okay with that but not okay with the the place and i think that what it became was i realized that there was an energy in me that would show up and and i would reject that and now what 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 happened and and i shared this on a different podcast with ashlyn where i talked about how there was this moment where i was at the gym and and we were there together and i've been progressing in this sort of honoring and owning my sexuality and recognizing that though i can feel sexual energy in other situations mm -hmm my role as a man is to appreciate that energy and then bring that into my relationship with the one I choose to share that with. And so in that case is, is obviously you. And so, um, I remember being in the gym and like, there was like five very attractive women all working out, you know, bending over, doing all the things that would typically get a guy excited. And I was just like, Oh, I completely have the ability to appreciate their beauty feel energy around that and I don't want to say do nothing about it but just hold on to that energy well and I think honoring that the the way they're dressed in the gym and the way they're working out whether they're doing squats or mm -hmm. you know doing a deadlift and they're bending over that's not an invitation for you right and so and so appreciating that that may be enticing right but it's but that energy is actually a, a fuel that men can use to bring to a creative space in their life and, and then, and, and, and an energy not to, to lust after another woman necessarily while you're with your wife. I'm well, not saying that, but right. you can bring, you can allow the energy to stay while allowing the thought or the, the sort of visual. Well, it's like seeing on. a, a car that you really like, right? Like a sexy sports car. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go sit in it? Probably not. If it's not yours. Right. Right. But what if the door is open? Well, he's still, it's not yours, right? Right. Yeah. So I think you can look at a car and think, oh, I like that. Yeah. And that's it. Like. And that was revolutionary for me as a, growing up in a traditional religion because there wasn't space for that. It was like, if you are, if you're lusting, if you're at all feeling sexual energy, you are wrong, bad. Satan has got control over you. Right. And so um, this new model allows me to walk through the world and acknowledge and appreciate the beauty that is around me, right. but trust myself that I can, I can take the energy and allow the visual, so to speak, to sort of move along and pass through me. But the energy can be something that I can bring to other areas of my life, yeah. whether it's creative energy in my work and I want to go accomplish something. It, there's actually a lot of research and, and conversation and, and yogic and, and other spiritual practices that talk about this energy and and how well, i can't imagine being uh, i'll talk about my stuff in a second but being you mm -hmm. and feeling all that shame and then walking around in the world because you're faced with all different walks of life all different ways people dress mm -hmm. so you're basically confronted with 
pornography mm-hmm. all day, every day. It's kind of how you feel as a man, right? And especially during summer, right? Yeah. With the framework that I feel like is sometimes presented in some of these models. So, so the first framework I think is critical for this conversation is the understanding that men's minds and their energetic tantalations or, or energetic um, excitements are theirs and theirs to deal with, theirs to work with, theirs to use. And it's not all bad. It's, I think that's the other key framework there is that, that sometimes that energy, it, not sometimes, that energy is a positive thing in your life. Yeah. And when we frame it the other way, what we then start to do, I feel, is we start to place women as the responsible parties for men's minds. Yeah. Well, and also like that, it's like a Tony Robbins quote, like what you focus on is what you feel. So if you're constantly being bombarded with beautiful women, Mm -hmm. that's all you can see, then that's all you're focusing on. And then the feeling you have is shame. So you're just constantly living in this. Well, and what the focus really becomes is I shouldn't, the, is the shouldn't, the focus is I shouldn't shouldn't, be seen. The more you actually do. Yeah. What, what you resist persists. Right. And so you're, you're resisting this thing and then it's persistent when I, the, and, and you know what was funny is, I mean, I've shared this story a couple of times, but I don't remember thinking about those girls later on that day. I don't remember thinking about those girls, like even an hour later, right? right. It went through me because I wasn't resisting it. Whereas I've had times when right. I was a Become kid, fixated. when I was like, I'd, you know, and I'd think about a girl all day long because you're as a guy, you're, you're processing this like energy. And, and you're like, I shouldn't think shouldn't about this. And then the, I think about, yeah. yeah. And so the resistance is creating the persistence in it. Right. So back to what you said. Yeah. Then that places this. Uh, unspoken and sometimes spoken responsibility that it's the women's job to keep the men's lust Mm -hmm. in check in check. Yeah. And we have to do that by, um, not only by how we dress, Mm -hmm. but, um, almost it's our job to like shut down our sexuality, Mm -hmm. unlock that away because that's really only for a guy. Yeah. That's really only for the person you're going to marry. And so you just, are supposed to put it away until you get married and then then it's okay yeah yeah so so this has led to this conversation where on one hand i can appreciate and recognize and and realize that that we're going to go have some experiences with family members who believe strongly in the value of modesty yeah and so um what what are your thoughts and, and so so this led to some conversations where where we were talking about well i just i've done a lot of a lot of work and I still have more work to do around, um, my sexuality and like my body autonomy, feeling comfortable in my skin mm-hmm. and, um, owning that for me mm-hmm. and, and not taking on other people's perceptions mm-hmm. or thoughts or, or their desires for, I should look a certain way or I should dress a certain way or I should act a certain way. And, um, and so as we have, um, stepped away from organized religion, Mm-hmm. I have um, uh, done a lot of work to figure out, uh, you know, what 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 clothes I want to wear. I know it sounds silly, but if anyone's been in this same situation, you'll realize how impactful and empowering that is as a woman to um, to feel like you can choose for you. You're not mm-hmm. choosing for someone else, mm-hmm. and so it's this is kind of a funny story, but I, I used to hate summer mm-hmm. because I felt like I had to dress a certain way and, and be modest. And, um, it was long just, shorts and short and, well, know. I never wore long shorts. I always wore pants cause I'm a shorter woman. And so you put long shorts on me and you just have like cut my leg in half and made me look okay. like a tree stump. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't like the way you I just, I, I didn't, I felt very limited in the things that I felt like I would feel really good in like a, a sundress mm-hmm. or like, um, tank tops and shorts, not even like the, the clothes I'm talking about are, are going to come, it would come across as funny people like, to what people are you talking about for most of the world. Yeah. Um, cause my, it's like my butt wasn't hanging out and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, it was big for me. Mm-hmm. So this has happened, you know, recently over probably like the last, you know, three to four years. Right. And, um, and it took, it actually took courage, which also sounds silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also fun. And I was like, oh, I like summer. I like summer. I didn't realize I loved it. Mm. I just didn't love s- 
sweating mm-hmm. and feeling like my, my clothes were pasted on me and, mm-hmm. and not, and not feeling and that I could dress in what I thought I looked best in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have some beach and uh, lake vacations coming up with Matt's family. And so I have, and, but as a teenager, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I wore the tank tops. I wore the shorts. I wore the bikinis. Mm-hmm. I also had one pieces, but it, uh, I never felt like it was a big deal in, in my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we stepped into a more committed level, uh, a level of commitment in our family, yeah. there's there's another level of commitment of modesty that yeah. adults take on in the yeah. practices that we grew up with. Um, and so as I've uh, come into my own, mm-hmm. I we've had conversations like... Well, it, I, I don't want this to come across as like, I need your permission because mm-hmm. I've never yeah, lived my life. I've never, me a little bit, yeah. I've never lived my life that way. Right. Have I? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Okay. I just want to make that clear. I don't want people being concerned that I have to get permission from my husband to do things. Right. Um, but I do like to, I, I think we have a relationship where we value each other's feedback and input mm-hmm. and point of view. So yeah. just, Help us. We consult with each other on yeah. things, how we spend money, how we do this. But yeah. this is one that's big enough that we've been talking about together. Yeah. And and it also, like, how I carry myself and how I choose to live my life also affects my boys. Right. And so as I've gone, I've gone on this journey, it's been really important to me also because I feel like I'm teaching my boys some valuable things mm-hmm. that are important to you too, Matt. Yeah. That you, you've had to like your journey that you've had to go through as an adult, mm-hmm. I, I hope we're getting rid of some of those speed bumps. Yeah. That there's, there's fewer of them for, yeah. our, for our boys. Their, their relationship to their sexuality is not so shame filled and yeah. that it's something that can blossom and, and progress as they, as it's, you know, an appropriate time and an appropriate relationship, yeah. but that it can happen more naturally without the shame yeah. in the way that it kind of existed for me. And, Though I don't know that shame was kind of how you related to your body, I, I don't know, but you did. I mean, a couple podcasts ago, you talked about this 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 challenge of being seen. Yeah, that's just and so there's yeah. some sort of correlation to some degree of that. Yeah, but so so, so what I, is it that you you? So I I have um, bikinis, mm-hmm. and I was just talking to you and asking you if you would. I, I didn't know. I don't know how that would come across to your family. I also know that um, your family doesn't usually do confrontation, so I didn't have the fear that maybe one of them would say something to my face. Yeah, they're but not really maybe, like outspoken. Like you shouldn't do that. They right, wouldn't be like. But that. But maybe right. bring their concerns to you. Possibly, yeah. Um, if if that at all, and, yeah, and maybe even not. We didn't have any problems when we went to Florida right. for spring break, yeah. but. But that I, was only I am a planner, and guys, dad, and yeah. so I like to look at all the different scenarios. <laughs> yeah. So you were kind of asking me. Would you? So if su- someone said something, would would I have your back? Yeah. If so, if 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 someone said something, like we were talking about going to a family reunion with, you know, I don't know how many families, eighteen families, and all cousins that know each other really well. That we've gone to family reunions every three years or so, all throughout our lives, and and all and many which still adopt a, a pretty traditional or conservative. Model of modesty, and so they would be somewhat confronted potentially by Molly and being as attractive in her bikini walking around at the pool with their young boys or their even young girls that they maybe are trying to set an example for in their minds. And so, you were asking me, Would I have your back? And you know, my answer was, Well, absolutely, I'd have your back, you know, and can we talk about and and let's talk about this? And so, that's now we're talking about it. Well, yeah. we talked about that, but we're talking about it here because she wants like, let's just let's do this as a podcast. Well, I just thought it would be really fascinating. Yeah. So have Because you... some people might listen to this and be like, what? What are they even talking about? Are they even, yeah. yeah. Like, why is this a thing? Yeah. But if you've been through any sort of journey where modesty is a thing in your family, then it may, it, it is a question. And I think that regardless, there still is a naturally Christian-based model of the world in, in the American culture, yeah. which is brings a lot of positivity to it. Um, but modesty a lot of times does get connected to it to a certain degree. And women are oftentimes, um, a man, you know, that walks around with his shirt off is, you know, someone might look at him like, why is he wearing a shirt off in certain environments? But, 
you know, they would, they, they wouldn't really think too much, but a woman who walks around and, and you start to cross a certain line and they're considered slutty or they're considered loose or they're considered, uh, that's kind of a 1970s word, but like they're, they're not they're, they're There's judgment that starts to happen about that woman based on her attire. Yeah. And so, so how do you, as you progress towards this place and, and so do you want to share a little bit of where your journey is led? I mean, you've talked a little bit about being able to be comfortable at where you're at, but what is your relationship to your body now and how you dress and what you, how do you think that women can more healthfully look at this experience of dressing and their bodies in, in any environment before we go back to the family thing? Why? What, what's that thing you always say? There's a, it's a, I say a lot of always, uh, always I, say a lot of things. I know, but it's like not appropriate. That's not the word. It's uh, socially. Oh, you're talking about the agreeable reality. Agreeable reality. Yes. Okay. Agreeable reality. So as in like, I'm not going to wear a bikini and walk into someone's church. Yeah. Like that's not the agreeable reality, right? The agreeable reality for churches wearing clothing yeah. let's start with that right so, so some churches give, let me agree- give some credit okay. real quick so agreeable reality comes from landmark which is a sort of personal high level personal development self-awareness self-expression program that i've been through and they taught the concept of the agreeable reality which is the idea that um part of being powerful in the world is understanding the agreeable reality of the environment you're in right so if you were a woman wanting to go speak and teach women in the middle east who primarily dress in, uh, you know, burkas and cover their bodies with very, very much clothing. Right. And you show up even in something as, you know, non-offensive as a tight t-shirt or a tight, even, you know, long sleeve yeah. dress shirt, but that's tight and some jeans or whatever there, you, you naturally create a sort of, um, division of perception and a difficulty for others to sort of be in a space of of being influenced right. just like we talked and, about and unfortunately i like your your life could actually be on the line if you potentially right over, over there. there right yeah, you right just, but 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 even a, excluding that okay. part right just just at the end of the day if your desire is to be impactful right. in someone's life then there is an argument to dress in a way that may be more uh, may eliminate sort of the distractions so that the influence right. could take like place. Like if I'm going to go eat at a nice restaurant, I'm going to, I might wear a dress. Yeah. Right. It's like there, there are agreeable realities in this world that are appropriate to understand and honor to right. walk through life. Yeah. Okay. And you have that, but, and also if someone chooses not to, to do that, that, that doesn't give you the space to judge. Let, well, you can judge. I mean, people have the freedom to judge, but mm-hmm. right. It, it be, it really doesn't. I mean, yeah. If you, if you, if you're at a restaurant and it's a black they, tie affair dr- and if, someone shows up in a Hawaiian right. shirt, you know, they're not it, immodest, but they're, right. but they're dressed. You're kind of going to be like, whoa, that's kind of, I mean, certain country clubs probably have dress codes yeah. and golf courses and you have to wear bowling shoes to bowl. So there are agreeable realities where there are like rules right. that if you don't follow them, you don't participate. Yeah. So we had a conversation about agreeable reality and, and the beach or a swimming mm-hmm. pool or, or the lake. Right. And my point of view was the bikini mm-hmm. is appropriate attire at mm-hmm. a beach. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of said, well, the agreeable reality about the people you're with. And I'm like, yeah, I get we're with people at the beach, but the beach is a public place and there's a lot of people at the beach. Mm-hmm. And so if you're offended by someone's swimsuit, then you're, you're offended. You can't make that person leave the beach sure, or put a cover up on. Right. Well, and I think the question we were having was as a woman in the family of conservative people, what, what is like, so, so I think there's something to be talked about here, which is what has been like the growth and the experience that you've had with your body that you feel like has been valuable for you before we get into the, like what others should think about that your, themselves. Um, well, I think the overall feeling is just to be able to look at myself in the mirror and like appreciate my body mm-hmm. for whatever state I'm in, what it looks like, how it served me, um, and 
I think no matter what we look like, there's, there's always things that maybe we don't like about ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. I wish that was a little different. I, I've always wished I was taller and, um, but to be able to just really appreciate my body to, mm-hmm. to allow myself to see myself, right? If, mm-hmm. if I'm struggling with being seen, that's step one mm-hmm. is to be able to look at myself and see myself and appreciate myself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I remember having the conversation with you and I'm like, I've, I've done all this work. And, and you want me to, you're a great yeah. supporter. You, oh, yeah. you are hands down. If I am like, I want to do this program or I want to buy this book, you're like done. Mm-hmm. Like we'll find a way. Yeah. And so at the same time, I'm like, you can't encourage me to do all this work. And then in the same breath, tell me to, to cover up mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. Cause it's sending me a mixed message and it's and it. It seems silly, but it's, it's kind of undoing some of the things that I've worked really hard because mm-hmm. you're saying, yes, you're beautiful. Uh, not even that, like, yes, I see that you are becoming more confident and you love yourself and you're, you're showing up differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the energy you're, you're bringing, but also your body still is not a positive thing. So around some people, so you need to cover it up. Mm. And so women sometimes in, this journey of trying to figure out who they are and their bodies and what they should show, what they shouldn't show. It's a journey for them to figure that out is, is I think what we're honoring here. Yeah. And, and as men, there's this sort of default that's like, well, that's fine if they want to go on this journey, but they also need to respect that I'm on my own journey and I don't need to be tempted. Right. It's kind of the older model that we grew up with. And so, um, when I, and I, th- and I go back to just myself, like, what are my intentions, right? Mm-hmm. Am I wearing bikinis? Cause I want to like make people uncomfortable. Do I want to push them mm-hmm. to actually grow in things that I think they should grow in? Do I want to be seductive to all the men at the beach? Right? Like, I think we can carry ourselves mm-hmm. and we have different intentions. Right. And so, um, first I like to ask myself, well, you know, what's my why? Mm-hmm. And, and my why is very pure. It's strictly for myself. And, and I've seen the impact on the work that I've done through my boys mm-hmm. um, and, and their healthy perspectives. Yeah, we like, actually asked them what they thought about this. And our 15-year-old our son was like, no, I think mom should wear it. She wants to wear it. Like it's that guy's own problem if he wants to look at her and think she's attractive. And I thought that was pretty cool for my 15-year-old son to see that, you know. So, um, I just lost and so I think, I think in this world where, uh, you know, and I think some people might say, well, but okay, but why don't, why, why can't, so, you know, why isn't there some degree of requirement or why is there not some sort of space for you to just say, well, I, I, I can be in a beach on a bikini in most environments where the agreeable reality for the majority is this, but in an environment where I'm with this group of people, the, they do impact that agreeable reality that may or may not be potentially healthy, may not, may or may not be potentially, um, I, empowering, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We, in, in, in the agreeable reality conversation, mm-hmm. um, cause we've talked about mm-hmm. things, right. Um, like coffee and right and, and stuff right. like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas to me, those are different scenarios because it's not my body. Mm-hmm. So you're fighting for, or you believe that it's, it's important for women to be able to, to dress how they want to dress and be how they want to be. And that's a totally different subject than anything else that anybody else may disapprove of or disagree right. with. It because we've got a weird message. And it was interesting because we, we took this conversation the other day to breastfeeding. Yeah. And we were talking about how um, there was an experience where we were went to the nice restaurant when, we were, when you were feeding one of our kids and you went in the bathroom and sat on the toilet to breastfeed. Yeah. Because that was the only place to sit down and, and feed. Instead of just discreetly breastfeeding him at the table. Yeah. I, w- I wish I would have stood up for myself. Mm. Um. And it's such an interesting, and so in my mind, it's like, well, it's kind of weird because even in that situation, I could see myself being like, oh, 
but why is it that we have such a sort of there is a way for the woman's body to exist and it's covered up and hidden you know right i think also um you have purity culture on mm-hmm. one end of the spectrum and then you we live in a very sexualized mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. where women's bodies are overly sexualized right mm-hmm. our body is only good for that mm-hmm. yeah and only a certain type of body is good for something. So there's a constantly a shaming yeah. of, of that. There's a lot of messages. Yeah. Now, I think the interesting thing about the sexualization is I think we sometimes misconstrue what sexualization is because I think that there, the, the healthy balance is the ability for all women and men mm-hmm. to appreciate all bodies. And, and that's not what I'm saying. It's more of, oh, like she's showing that much skin, so she must want me. Yeah, you it's, know, it's it, well, back to the invitation. Me running in a sports bra and shorts does mm-hmm. not mean I'm inviting you to cat call and honk at me. Right. Because that's happened. Now, someone would say, well, yeah, well, but you should know that that is what men are like. And so you should be responsible for them. Right. And I don't agree with that. Yeah. And that's kind of the message where we've, we've been going through this journey on. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not Baywatch running you're not, down the sidewalk. <laughs> you're not responsible for other people's environments. You are responsible for uh, understanding your environment and recognizing if you, you know, did that. Hypervigilant. Yeah. If you were, you know, and, and you should be, you know, ready with, you know, a response in the case someone may pursue that. And there is, there is the possibility that in a world where we have, forced women to cover up in the name of chastity that we've also created this persistence of, of yeah. we've created a model where men are compelled in their sexuality mm-hmm. in a way that is unhealthy. It's damaging to both men and women. And, and so we, the, the answer is to say, men, you are responsible for your thoughts mm-hmm. and actions. Women, you are owners of your bodies yeah. and, and are there re- responses to your bodies Yes, just like there's responses to men's bodies. Uh, but it is never your fault in the event that a man takes an inappropriate action with you because of your body, yeah. whether it's being shown in lots or little. And there's plenty of women that have been raped that had that were fully modestly clothed. Yeah. So the idea that the way something someone wears something is is in, inviting or indicating that they want to be, you know, touched or or, you know, um I think that that's now are is is someone's effort to be attractive uh, an invitation or a desire to draw in the other opposite sex. I think it's fair to understand that and acknowledge that that's the case too. Well, I think that goes with your intention, right? Uh, and so, I don't know that we have all the answers here with this topic. But what are your thoughts? What do you think as uh, as you listen to this? Um, is it more important that we focus and value modesty? in this world and um, that we cover up and save that only for our significant others? Or is it okay to be comfortable in our skin? Um, why is Africa the way it is in not all parts, but some parts I'm stereotyping a little bit here, where, where some women walk around without any shirts on, right? And it's not sexualized to the same degree. And there's some great interesting research on that um, and the impact of that on young men's minds, right? And so it's it's interesting to see that there's space in this world for for the bo- the body as it is to not be sexualized mm-hmm. but we've got a long way to go in our society i think to find that that balance yeah so we definitely don't have all the answers but so what are your final thoughts mm-hmm. on this and where any other parts you wanted to explain or or share um i'm just uh if any family members are listening to this <laughs> Uh, I will be bringing bikinis to the beach, so. Okay. Um, and I love you guys. Yeah. Um, I I like the journey I'm on. I I've seen a lot of benefits. I um, have never been happier. I've never felt more at home in my own body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been pretty neat to how, share that. And journey how do you feel you. about other women's bodies as you've gone on that journey? What do you mean, other? Like, well, I'm just curious, like oh. how your what your fear of other women wearing bikinis oh. is compared to now. I don't before. worry. Like, um, at, as we've gone through our own um, healing and journey together, like uh, I can look at a woman in a bikini and and think she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about you seeing other women in bikinis because 
you can think they're beautiful. I think other men are attractive. Right. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with admiring right. someone's beauty. Um, and so I, I, what I love to see are confident women. Mm-hmm. And so what, however that takes shape mm-hmm. for you in particular to make you feel confident and at home. And I think, um, if, if we had more confident women and more confident men at home in their bodies, there'd be, uh, I think, um, a lot healthier world. I don't think that's the only piece of the puzzle, but, um, and I, I love that our boys are having a healthier perspective on sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, our 11 year old talks about puberty all the time. Like the mm-hmm. fact that, uh, they feel comfortable saying mm-hmm. those words, which yeah. I think it's important right. to, um, normalize. Like we, we all have bodies. Mm-hmm. We all have all the body parts. Mm-hmm. We all are sexual beings from the mm-hmm. moment that we're born. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing bad about it. Mm-hmm. And there's progression in those. There's healthy experiences. progression and, and that your, your body experience as you get older. Yeah. Um, and so I just know all that we've experienced a lot of, uh, heartache in our marriage mm-hmm. from the shame we both brought to it mm-hmm. in regards to sexuality. And so if, if I can, uh, limit that for our boys. Yeah. I would, I would love that. Yeah. Not, not to say that they won't experience their own, um, hardships and things that they have to go through. But I mean, that's, I think that's what we want as parents is to limit the speed bumps that they have to go over. Yeah. As much as possible. And, and then patch up some rec- of and recognize that they're going to have their own, you know, yeah. they may not have as much shame around this, but they may have other stuff that's, that's more challenging, but awareness of it and becoming more healthy with ourselves, we feel like provides a solid example for them. I think we do people a disservice um, when um, we judge them by what they wear. And across the board, not even talking about modesty or or not, Mm -hmm. um, because our clothing has really little to do with with who we are. It doesn't make us a good person or a bad person, righteous Mm -hmm. or unrighteous. I think it is a fun way to express our personalities. Mm-hmm. And um, I just know when I'm judging less, I'm a lot happier. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's uh, where we're going to wrap up today. So we did it. We had the conversation. <laughs> and uh, I, I, think we, I think we covered it pretty well. So uh, with that being said, we hope that you guys will come back to another out of control podcast yeah the next one will be the moving saga oh boy and some really critical lessons i learned in a really hard moment so come back and we're going to share all about that along with what's coming in the future so subscribe so you don't miss out let us leave us a review what do you think uh about these conversations and how else would you love to you know be a part of this Check Molly out and her uh, sharings over on Instagram at Stream and Freedom. And check us out on TikTok at Stream and Freedom. And yeah, if you want me to be seen, TikTok is the place to see me. Yes. So, and we will keep you posted on our adventures. Until next time. Talk to you soon, guys.